Hey guys, Tyson here from relaxrunning.com. Welcome back to the Relax Running Podcast. Really excited. We got a we got a sub 60 minute man for the half marathon on the show today. The great man Brett uh, Brett Robinson. He is the talk of the town at the moment in the uh, Aussie running scene, especially. He's just gone out and broke the Aussie half marathon record. It it still baffles me how anyone can run 59 minutes and 57 seconds for a half marathon. Hey, with a with a wrong turn as well, mind you. He's just chucked in a little I'm going to go the wrong way and still break 60 minutes in there. <laughs> so it was a, a really cool podcast, really cool chat. I went out to Newport and uh and and sat down with Brett and just asked him about, you know, life on and off the track and there's so, so many components to running that it never gets it never gets difficult, it never gets old just chatting cuz each athlete's approach is slightly different and uh Man, this guy is—he's—he's uh, he's got some range. I just saw he's ran three thirty-eight for fifteen hundred. He's an Olympic and World Championships finalist over five k. He's run thirteen fifteen over that distance. He's now added the Aussie half marathon record to his title, and he smacked out a two-hour ten marathon as well. So I wanted to just pick his brain about you know what he's training and everything like going into Tokyo this year. Hey, if you do enjoy this podcast or you are a marathon runner or planning to run a marathon. Uh, we sat down and did a bonus podcast as well on how to improve your marathon performance where we hit record and I asked him everything you could possibly ever need to know about improving your marathon. So that's available now for relaxed running members. If you want to get your hands on that, it's our first official bonus podcast episode. Uh, you can jump on to relaxrunning.com, hit membership, and you'll have access to that bonus episode uh it's only five bucks a month at the moment because it's a new membership so it's uh it's cheap and the the podcast is or the the back catalog of podcasts is building so it's only going to get bigger and better so if you want to jump on that right now while it's uh, while it's nice and cheap uh head on over anyway guys i uh that's all i've got to say i'm going to get out of your way this is me and the great man the aussie record holder over the half brett robinson said my ears almost exploded so i'm like i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to stop um all right we'll get going uh we've got to we've got to talk about first of all what's on everyone's lips bloody how do you run 59 57 that is the most disgusting run yeah i like i even surprised myself i think as well like i thought i thought maybe i could run in the 60s but i just to be honest it was years of training and then it actually just clicked at the time i think there's been plenty of times i've been in great shape but then the race isn't there or you get bad conditions or you have a bad day. But it was just that miracle day where I had the two months before was nearly near perfect training, like had Mr. Beat. Um, the day was perfect. The race was perfect. Um, but then also before that, I had three marathon preps in my legs. So I think it's just all caught up to me and I was just lucky enough that that all fell into line. Man, I deliberately haven't looked too far into it because I thought, I just want to ask you questions yeah. that I find interesting about it. But So you were in, you were in Japan, yep. and the only footage I've seen of the race is you taking a wrong turn. Now, I mentioned <laughs> this to you before we hit record. but So when I heard that, I thought, are you kidding me? Like That's surely at least the momentum that you lose through something like that. It's got to be 10 seconds, but you reckon, what, only a couple maybe? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was 500 metres to go, and it was just this windy section of the road where I was actually really close to the bike because... um. Because they couldn't really get away from me. And then as I 
and Ken's were kind of forking the road, and they were supposed to go right, and I was supposed to go left, but I, I couldn't see, and I actually thought in my head, I'm like, I hope I'm supposed to be going right here, and I've just taken it, and then I just hear them like yelling at me, and so I was straight away turned and like actually kind of like cut through a crowd and um, got straight back onto the course. So it cost me maybe a second, but yeah, the worst thing was like all of a sudden I'm like freaking out. I'm like, oh no, like I knew I was about running 60 minute pace. I'm like, am I not going to break it? Like, am I going to miss the Australian record here because of this? Like, this is so like stupid. And then I'm just like, no, just go. Like, it kind of, yeah, spiked my adrenaline, I guess, but. Um, Freaked me out at the same time. Yeah. So okay. So going into the race, like you had, you had one eye on the Australian. Was that Mona's record? Uh, no, D- Darren Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Mona was second fastest, sixty oh six or sixty oh five, I think. But uh, yeah. No. To be honest, I wasn't really thinking about the Australian record. I was going into it thinking, let's just run a good race, not worry about time. Like a lot of time, I go in targeting times, pushing when I don't need to be. I'm like, let's just sit in and try to execute a good race and be coming home strong. Um. But then I knew, like through the race, I was actually going like we were running pretty fast. And I remember thinking at about thirteen k, I look, you can see the car with the clock, and I'm like, yeah, it's only like it was. It must be about thirty eight minutes, wherever that was in the race. And I'm like, yeah, it's only like twenty minutes to go, twenty minutes to go. And I'm like, usually if you're thinking twenty one minutes, you're like, oh, it's a long way. But when I'm thinking, oh yeah, only twenty one minutes, I'm like, yeah, I'm on for a good day here. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I think we're going to run all right. So that's when I'm like, something. All right, now let's work out how to try to win. So I think even. For the most part, I was knew I was running fast, but I'm like, I just want to win this race. Like, if, if I win it in sixty twenty or sixty thirty, that's fine. Um, I'd rather not lose. So the, the time didn't matter to me. But obviously yeah. now, looking back, I love that I got fifty nine <laughs> TV. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to do the maths on it the other day. So what? Like, I don't know. Was, you, was it a negative split? Like, how much faster did you? What was the first ten k compared to like? Uh, the... It was. It was pretty even. I think I ran. Uh, so I went like f- f- in 5k splits, 14, 12, 14, 13, 14, 12, 14, 9. So yeah, I think that, that and that 15k to 20k was a little slight uphill. So maybe it probably was a negative split in effort, but uh, yeah. Bloody hell, man. That is uh, just those numbers. Like, does that, does that sort of trip you out? Because it's funny when you talk to an elite athlete like yourself, people go, oh man, like I just can't imagine running that fast. But like you've been a junior runner. Does it sort of trip you yeah. out when you think about yeah. those numbers? Yeah, well, I. I remember back in the day, like, I would look at, um, uh, who held the world record from Eritrea? Oh, used to be oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, he, I remember looking at his splits, and I'm just like, that's ridiculous. Like, that's just stupid. And this was, the record was probably 58, 40, or something like that. And, and I was like a kid, I'm like, I can't run that pace for 3K, and, it, it, like, I couldn't go close. Um, and yeah, so at the time, I was always looking at those. But then, I guess, like, as you progress, you just kind of, do it and then you're like you don't think much of it so i don't i guess before the weekend if i looked at running 250s for 21k I'd be like, that's crazy but then, then i did it so i'm like oh i guess you just Matt, do there's it, only like. there's only one thing i reckon you can do better again we got to get your instagram fired back up again and start throwing out some we, we gotta i gotta <laughs> my favorite runner to follow because no one no one talks enough smack in the running scene and what, what i love about it, i don't know if you're into the boxing or ufc but what I love so much about that scene is that there's a little bit of heat thrown around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to love what my favorite one of your quotes was um, I think you I reckon it was when you won City Debate in Adelaide and it was back when Winx was the it was oh, the yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah. And um, Winx the Winx debate, and I was high five. <laughs> that is we need some more of this. Yeah. Um, I've noticed I think your last post was just a request for Carlton Draft to sponsor. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
Uh, no, I had a few guys actually messaging me and uh, the new people and they were like tagging people that work there. But no, I had nothing. I was thought maybe at least get a case of beer out of it or something. <laughs> but yeah, I, I always usually enjoy just like joking around a little bit on uh, on social media. I think it, but people either love it or they hate it at the same time. But it doesn't really bother me if they don't like it um, because the people that know me know I'm joking around exactly. at the same time. So and that's the people I care about how they think about me so it's so true it's yeah. so true and it's one of those sports men like we all know the distance trying to say it's not the most glamorous sport, yeah really so if someone has a little bit of swagger like come yeah. on we've got, to, we've got to cheer him on i was watching uh like i love watching mike tyson highlights and stuff yeah. like that and just the amount of smack that it wasn't even smack with him though it was just like no, I'm, I'm, there's a good chance i'll kill you yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i watched his and like yeah and he was actually like angry and like wanted to actually hurt people <laughs> I guess I want to hurt people with running. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So in this in this race that you were running, who were you who were you up against? Like, uh, was it a, a predominantly Japanese field? Or, uh, you know, no, so there was um, so guy came second was Japanese here in sixty zero zero or sixty zero one, and that was a Japanese record. Can't even um, break sixty. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Callum Hawkins. Uh, the Scottish marathon runner who has won that race, and he, he's run sixty zero zero twice, and then you're in sixty zero one. Um, in that race um, and there was a couple of Kenyans that were a little bit back but yeah it was a lot Japanese um, and then like me and Callum yeah it's been interesting watching your career as well man like, I don't know this would test your memory a little bit do you remember the first time we ever met uh, I won't be offended no. <laughs> I'll remember once you tell it me it was okay it was in it was in Canberra and it was I reckon it was 2011 yeah, when it was a coffee Yes, and with Kale Simons. Yeah, so, yeah. were you trained by Dick up there at that no, stage? No, no, I was uh, trained by Philo Saunders. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. but then I, I think Kale would have been trained by Philo at that time as well. Um, I think he was it? Yeah, yeah. So, he, he I think, went between Dick and, and Philo a little bit. But, yeah, I, I was I was mates with Kale and we used to get coffee. I remember you came. Yeah, it might have been before Cross Country Nationals. Well, I reckon, or, yeah, there was yeah. Cross Country Nationals taking place up there. And it's, uh, I was sort of, I was just thinking coming into this chat, I was like, oh, it was, it's funny, like, your career's. You've taken a few interesting turns in terms of like the events that you've run because I reckon you had a dabble at Steeple yep. for a yeah. couple of years there. So how did how did you find yourself? But then you can't really just call yourself a road runner, right? Because you made an Olympic final, yeah. For, what your five k Olympic final? Yeah, yeah. Um, like where do you? It's funny when you've got so many options in the sport to know where to direct your yeah. your sort of attention. Like where are you at at the moment in terms of what you want to run? Because mate, if I had your talent, I'd be like the best kind of confused as to where to <laughs> uh, I definitely I, like my focus right now is road running um, yeah. yeah like I, I the track I, I still interests me but I just to be honest road running is what I like doing right now and I enjoy that a lot more yeah. at, at, at the moment for sure and some nice but, money in road running yeah yeah, yeah exactly like yeah if you can be good at it but it's very tough at the moment as well like you have a lot of Africans just going straight there and skipping the track now where it so it's a lot more competitive it yeah. has got a lot more competitive recently. Yeah, because well, in the in the track sense, more if you want to make some money, you got to be out running diamond leagues, and yeah, things like that. But what you would have pocketed a nice little bit of prize money in Japan, did you? Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that, that race wasn't. It's not a huge prize money, but like, yeah, it's good. Like the same as kind of like a Melbourne half marathon or something like that. But, yeah, and but it, it, did not give you little perks and stuff as well as a bonus for yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, things. There's things like that. Um, yeah, for breaking the record, there's bonuses. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's still not—it's not a glamorous sport, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with road running as the the main feature, obviously looking at, at Tokyo, then yeah, um, yeah, 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 so yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's what I'm hoping to. Um, going to see how the next months play out, but I'm not running another marathon before 
then. So, yeah, that's my main focus. Beautiful. So, who are, how's, how's Big Jack going at the moment? Because I know he had a... Did he have a stressy or something? Yeah, yeah. On? So, Jack had a stressy in his uh, back that he got pretty much during New York Marathon. Um, it may, that was the first time he felt it. And then it was actually running 42K on a broken back. He's in pretty good for it. So, he has taken a while to kind of recover. Um, but he's back running now. I've run with him this week a few times. but And slowly he's getting fit. So I don't think it'll take him too long. He's very naturally talented. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. He's now in a little bit of a danger spot because obviously Liam Adams ran, um, yeah, 210.48, I think, yesterday. So he's the number one guy. And then I'm in second and Jack's in third, time-wise. Um, and then... So if someone else was to come along, it could put Jack in a bit of danger. But yeah. So who have we got? We have got Benny Saint as so well. Benny ran yesterday, he... but he was he had a bit of a shocker. Oh, did what he run? Two twenty eight. Yeah. Okay. So he blew up. Yeah, I, I haven't spoken to him, but apparently, yeah, the wheels fell off, and he was. I seen a video of him running down the straight, and it oh. wasn't pretty. Um, but Harry Summers is training in Kenya, and he's getting ready for one. So. That that's a bit of danger, which I don't know. Jack's in a bit of a hard position because he's like not fit enough to race at the moment, and so he's just kind of a bit helpless. But the the thing is, by, by August, like when the Olympic marathon's on, he'll be flying. So. Yeah, yeah. So how how does it work with the marathon? Because I've I've spoken to a few people and they've tried to explain a little bit to me about how the qualifying process. Works. And don't, bro, I just zone out. Yeah, I, just, I find the whole process so boring. <laughs> yeah, oh. but with the I love the way the Americans do it. It's like, all right, you top three. All right, go to the Olympics. Yeah. So, so America has such good depth that they have a trial. Yeah. Um, and then also their depth is, because it's that good, they get special permission, so does Japan, that their trial is a gold label event. And if you get top three in that, it means it, no matter what time, you, you can run 220 and win it, that is a qualifier for the Olympics. So that's why the top three go. Um, but yeah, for us, it's, well, I guess it's up to selectors. I, uh, we're assuming they do it on time. I don't know. They, yeah. they could do it other way, but but and yeah, the time's two eleven thirty. So at the moment, we've got three guys under that. So whoever, if there's a fourth, then the suckers have to make a decision. But at the moment, it's just the three. Yeah. Okay. So what um what have you run? What's your uh two ten fifty five? You run two ten as well. Yeah. Holy and crap, bro! That Jack is, is two eleven oh six. So we've got three guys within like. 18 seconds. It's so funny being older, man. Like, I'm, I'm 32 now, and I remember once I saw, like, I met Lee Troop, and mm. Lee just run like a, I think he had just done like a two-hour, 12 marathon. Yeah. And I saw him at like a local run, and I got so intimidated just meeting him because I was like, this guy's done 210. That's crazy being <laughs> two old. 290's done. Has yeah. he done 2.9? Yeah. Yeah, fire it. Well, mate, you must be, it's funny, I was having a chat with uh, with a bloke I do the podcast with a little bit here, and I was saying, I'm, I'm so excited to watch you hopefully nail a marathon the next. Well, I'm, I'm sure you'll nail one, but just which one it's going to be. Yeah. But what are the uh, like with a fifty with a fifty nine half under your belt? Like, what do you like? What would you estimate, or what would you guess if you nailed a marathon? You could you could hit. I, to be honest, I think I can run. I could run two hundred seven. Yeah. Um, like fairly soon. I the the guy that actually came second at Maragami ran two hundred seven. Um, last week, but like obviously that doesn't mean that I'm going to run two hundred seven. But I, I felt like. I've definitely been in that shape, um, but I just haven't nailed the marathon yet, and I think I'm learning a lot. But yeah, I reckon I'm I can run two hundred seven if I was to run one. So how how many marathons have you run? Uh, I so I did my first one, uh-huh. which was in Fukuoka, and then I ran two ten in my second, and then I ran New York, and I had a 
bad races. But New York was a, a funny one as well. It's been interesting. I was having a I was having to listen to a couple of the running podcasts where they were like closer to the time they were speaking about it. Like the inside running boys had a good chat and um, it was just it was interesting just to hear the different perspectives that there were. But it was it was a race where it, it seemed like you were approaching it with the mindset of like I'm just gonna I'm here to race. Yeah. Um and like it's a it seems to me from my racing experience, it's very different when you go up to a race you know, all right, I'm here to race and just see what I can do, then all right, I'm going to go out conservatively and just try and run a time. Yeah. Is that is that sort of like what you took away from it or, or it, where was your head after that? Yeah, race? so it definitely – so I would say if I go through my marathons, Fukuoka was one where I'm – it was my first one and I thought I can run – I thought I would run under 210 in my first one to be honest. And I went in there looking at the time and then chasing it and I just didn't really have the background in my legs and my legs fell apart. Um, London got into it I'm like, all right, I'm just going to race this one. I'm going to go with guys that I think I should be around um, and then get in, try to get it in that competitive mind and race them to the finish and keep with them and keep in the competition. And that, I reckon, worked better for me. Um, and then New York, again, was the same. Because, because of the hills and stuff like that, it was, all right, let's just think about the um, the, the race. And that's what it did in Marigami as well. So well, I think I'm better when I go, all right, let's just get into a challenge here and try to beat whoever I can. And I think when I worry about the time, I'm just not racing properly. Mm. It's a, it's it's interesting. I've only, for like, I can't even, I shouldn't even really have this conversation because I ran one marathon. And, um, like, I love the fact that Benny, I don't love the fact he blew up, <laughs> but I love the fact he blew up around 2.28. Yeah. I, it was so embarrassing, man. So I, um, going into this marathon a couple of, like a year and a half ago, I was, I've got a running background. And I, like, I know people like you and I would listen to people like you speaking about the training and stuff that goes mm. into it. I'm like, okay, so the long run's the important thing. I'm like, bro, like, I'm pretty fit. Mm-hmm. I'll, um, I, like, I've got good speed. I'm sure I'll be fine. So I did, like, my longest run was 30K. Yeah. And, uh, and then most of them were, like, 25. I was like, I'm, I think I'm sweet. And, uh, man, I went through We went through the first half in – I just wanted to break three hours originally. And I was training with Mottram's group. And do you know Zach Newman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Zach Newman was like, mate, you're actually pretty fit. I was like, yeah, I am actually, aren't I? He's like, yeah, you're looking good. He's like, maybe you should up your standard. I was like, okay, maybe I could run, maybe run 240. Yeah. And uh, just take 20 minutes off. Anyway, so I went out with that mindset, went through an hour 19, and I was like, I think I'm back. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a distance runner. Like, I've been playing footy and just chilling out, going to the gym for the last couple of years. So like, that's what I needed, mate. This is the start. And then that was at 21K. 22k i was like i'm in so much trouble (laughs) (laughs) so it's a it's a weird event like when it comes to the mental side of it as well i got a i got a little glimpse into it but the the idea of racing a marathon against the best guys in the world is are there certain strategies and things that you're you're doing in your mind whether like maybe subconsciously that you've just adapted that that help you deal with the the sort of challenge that you're about to face in those races um well, during the race, I'm really good at switching off. So I like pretty much take myself to another place. Like I'm at London Marathon, I can barely remember any of the race because I just pretty much just thought about other things and and really try to put myself in another another place. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I deal with it. And and then and just at least then do, if I can do that for as long as possible, and then hopefully I get to like 30k, and I'm like, all right, now let's work out what to do for this last bit and like where to dig deep. Yeah. So when you say you put yourself in another place, what what is that? Is that something that you've had to develop, or you just do it naturally? Uh, I, I don't know why. I I think it's something when with massages. I've um I remember I had osteitis pubis um pretty much a year ago, and I was going to see Andrew White for massages, and he's like oh, doing this thing around my like in my adductors, and it was like the most painful thing, and I was just like 
it's like there's this movie Happy Gilmore like uh-huh. about golf and he used to talk about going to his happy place I would like talk about my happy place <laughs> and so I just like close my eyes and just like think about like good memories or like like times with my friends or something like that and just like that's what I'd think about and that's how I deal with the pain and then so in the marathon that's what I do as well like or in races I just think about happy things pretty much like anything that is like a happy thought is I just try to think of them for as long as possible that's so funny man so that's something that I've, and I've heard Andrew White is a oh, is yeah, a brutal, brutal. massage therapist as and well. he's just like he'll be like you've been in so much pain and he's just there with a blank face like not caring and I'm just like <laughs> come on like no compassion on him like yeah, uh, it's fun. So, have you? Would you say you got a bit of a reputation for for being that bloke? I'd put Nate Hardy in, in that same category. I don't know if he goes to a happy place or he <laughs> just goes to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna for for any listeners overseas. Nate Hardy is a Ballarat boy that we both had a little bit yeah. to do with me probably longer ago than you. But I, uh, I, I remember once Motram, Motram came up to Ballarat and uh, he was pretty like he was getting fit. It must have been like 2007. I was so intimidating because mm. was Craig Motram. I was 20 years old. I was like. Oh, gosh yeah and uh i remember him putting up putting in like a little little surge up one of the hills and uh nath's supposed to be king of the hills yeah. and uh, i'll never forget like running alongside nath and pardon my friends but nath's yelling out fuck you much because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's supposed to be just a man and uh but i've been on a few runs with with nath where i've wanted to yell out the same thing oh yeah nath, when he turns it on like Speaking of a bloke who gets the most out of his talent, yeah, oh yeah, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I find it interesting. Do you remember there was a bloke called Matt Bailey back in the yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. Matt Bailey was like yeah. that as well. Whenever I saw him on a start line, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a hard yeah, day yeah. office." Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of people. That, I think I'm I probably one of those people as well that I'm never gonna make a race easy. I'm never gonna go wait till a kick finish or anything like that. So. I'm always going to push harder. I remember with Nate Hardy and like when I lived in Ballarat, and we would do uh, Mount Bunny on. So it's just like six or so k straight up a hill, up a mountain. And then uh, the first mile is just straight up this highway. And it's like me, Ryan Gregson, like Coles Birmingham, all turning up. And Nate is smacking us up this first hill. And we're just like, oh my God. He was like, he's like, no, nah, I'm king of this mountain. I don't care. I will bury myself for the whole week. <laughs> That was just Nate. Oh, he's so funny. Yeah, he does have a reputation. Like the steeper the hill, the more yeah, scared yeah. he should be. I um, yeah, I still laugh listening to the inside running boys talk about going for a run with him because he sounds like him and Ash Watson. It's that Ballarat air. I swear, yeah. there's something in that Ballarat air that just makes you want to run faster. Oh uh, yeah, I, some of my toughest runs I reckon have been through those forests out there. Like it's tough running anyway, and then it's just relentless pace. So what were you doing there? What made you move to Ballarat? Um, yeah, so in 2012, I um, I went to overseas with. Ryan Gregson and then I actually got injured I got a stress fracture in my hip and came home and then after the European season Ryan messaged me he's like oh I'm thinking of moving to Ballarat to live with Collis um he do you want to come down for a few weeks like while I'm still settling in and I'm like yeah sounds good like two-week training camp good for me and then uh he goes you know if you, if you like it you can move down and I'm like you know what I'm just going to move down like if I want to be a good runner it's probably the best place for me so I moved in with Ryan and Collis and I spent, yeah, two years there. And, and so I wasn't – like my PB at that time was 13.40 I'd run. Um, but then, and then the next year I made World Champs final. It was like it was like 10 months of being there and I, was, I ran 13.18. Yeah, went to World Champs, made the final. So what happened – like what obviously just the – I was speaking to Jen last week. That's uh, yeah, Ryan's wife for those of you who didn't know that. Um, and, uh, and and she was telling me one thing about just being married with, to, to Ryan. It's just the professionalism. Yeah. That, that he just like he, he implement. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to him, try and get him on here soon. But um, 
is the he's just so professional in the way that he goes about things. And I, I don't know, um, I haven't seen Cole for years, to be honest. But uh, I can imagine he would have been the kind of bloke who just got what he needed to get done as well. Was that the yeah. big standout thing that changed? Definitely. For you? I, so I was living in Canberra. I had a good group there. Like I was showing Marty Dan, who had just been to the Olympics for the marathon, and, and then like Philo, who was running low three forties, fifteen hundred. Um, so I had a good group there. But but they had like they had families, they had um, their, their jobs and stuff like that. And I was trying to be a professional athlete, but kind of not with a. Uh, with a group that had other things in their life and then so I moved down with Ryan and Collis and they were like the top of Australia like even top of the world um, so I could then be in a professional group um, and then I could just pretty much I followed Collis around whatever he did I did just for a year and yeah. it, when he ran I ran I just ran the same pace as him like I would eat like he would eat um, he was just I, was, I reckon I was an easy student but yeah he was a great teacher for me um, but yeah, you, you think about that, the professionalism, and it's just like you, you're doing everything possible day in, day out, and a, a, every run had a meaning for it. It's just you're not wasting any opportunity to to get fitter. Yeah, what I, I always find it so interesting chatting with with top athletes and just finding out um, like the other the other areas of of training and stuff that you're really focusing on. So, um, like obviously, so running's like the core ingredient. Yeah. Um, but when you when you say like the the little one percent, so what are what are a couple of those things to you? Um, running um, a, a recovery diet. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. So like obviously I've got my recovery pants sitting on the couch just there. That oh, I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought there was a fireman suit. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, so, I had some party going on last yeah. night. <laughs> uh, yeah, like compression pants. Wow. Because you can't see them. But what, are, uh, what do they do? So they're like there's a brand called Normatech. I don't okay. know. Yeah, yeah. Which they're like really expensive ones. So my ones are just cheap ones. But um. They pretty much just blow up and they compress your legs and it's just like gives your legs a flush. It, it's not as good as a massage, but it's something you can do every night. You do it all day if you want, um, and it's just easy to do while you're watching TV. Like there's um, a serious couch as well that you got there. Yeah, it's a good couch. <laughs> uh, for those of you who can't see, it's a, it's probably the size of a king size bed. Yeah, um, yeah, beautiful man. Yeah, it's good to sleep on. I had uh, Kevin back come down and oh, for training with me for two weeks and he slept there the whole time. So it. it, it it's good um but yeah yeah um so yeah recovery obviously but then gym and just just like those things as well and i think a lot of people just like roll out for a run where i'm probably doing like 15 20 minutes of activations and stuff before my run and then straight away like making sure you're getting in the protein what's the activation like like say like glute activation and stuff like that just little things to make sure my body's ready like i'm trying to run sometimes 200k a week so it's it gets pretty beat up and, and pretty sore so they're the things i actually need to do um otherwise i kind of hobble around for a good 15 20 minutes before it warms up so but and like ryan gregson like he's another level as well like he he'll do even more for 30 minutes of that activation like he's crazy like that and um but it's just it's just things you need to do like we're putting our bodies through a lot so it's making sure that it's ready to do what we're asking of it yeah so they're just uh, like a couple of little strategies like you both had uh, like most runners had a few run-ins with injuries yeah and what that's just been sort of i guess you've been incentivized to try and do yeah. the, the even smaller things yeah yeah i yeah i just found that like i just from each injury kind of picked up like a few little things from it and i've just kind of made this smaller routine that probably takes like 10 minutes um in the morning that just kind of getting kind of my Achilles good and my like glutes like fire and stuff like that and just being like making sure I'm nice and loose and, and not not stiff when I do step out of the door and 
start running. How do you find it in the morning? Like when you get out of bed, how's the how's the body? Is it a bit yeah, creaky? It's, or? it's pretty stiff. Like <laughs> my yeah, my both my Achilles and my planners are pretty stiff. Like they have been for years, really. But nothing too bad. Like I, I usually just put on shoes straight away, and um, as soon I, as you get out of bed, do yeah, you? yeah, yeah. It, it, at least like slides, and I find that helps for some reason. I'm not I'm not sure why, but if I walk around barefoot, it kind of takes it's a bit sore and it takes a bit to warm up. But if I put shoes on, it, I don't know why, it just supports them, I guess. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, if the worst thing for me is if I like have to run it early for some reason, like if I got a, a flight and um, like I'm getting up at six thirty and running at seven, like. I will be in pain for the whole run, but it, uh, so I kind of make sure I get up like ninety minutes before I run. Yeah, so, yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, man, I know we're going to do like a little bonus feature after this where we get like really into the nitty gritty of the yeah. training. But I'm just, I'm just interested in um, like to hit two hundred k's a week. Yeah, how, how, like, what does that look like during a week of training? So for your long run, what do you like? Give us a, a bit of an overview of, of what a week of training, just on an average. Yeah, actually, don't give us an average. Give us a good, good Robo week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 my best ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like when you so everyone like, can just go and smash the. <laughs> it's like when you see sometimes online, it's like yeah, this is like a typical week. So it's like they put in their best ever Monday, their best ever Tuesday. But it's like they just picked and choose from all, all around. But uh, yeah, so for me, a, a standard in marathon training, like at the moment I'm doing that, I'm doing probably about 170 or maybe a little bit more Ks a week. Um, and then when I'm doing actual marathon stuff, that'll be more. So in marathon training, a Monday would just be like 60 in the morning, close 35 to 40 minutes in the evening. Um, then a Tuesday would just be a, a typical session actually is like just an eight by a K or five by a mile, something like that um, on the and getting a little bit of uh, quicker than marathon stuff. So I'll be like 255s or a bit under. Um, and then again, another 35 or so in the evening. Wednesday, 60, 35. Thursday, so that's my main marathon session. So it'll be something like, uh, could be like 5K warm up and then uh, say 4 by 5K. Um, like with a minute or two jog between and, and that's at marathon pace and then another 5k warm down so i'm getting like over 30k of um of running yeah. and then 20k of it, it's at marathon pace then that evening i'll go out for probably another 35 minutes so that's a big day like yeah it, it, there's even some days where it, it can be a little bit bigger you get over 40k in a day um <laughs> and then yeah friday back to just 60 um 35s so there's my recovery day so they're as easy as i need like, are you on strava yeah, but um, so my marathon stuff, I put up everything, but I don't always upload. I don't always wear a watch, to be honest, because I just get too caught up in following it. That's interesting, man. So Stuart McSwain, when I caught up yeah. with him a while ago, he was saying the same thing. And I think it's uh, – I'm a big fan of it. Actually, I was talking about this on a podcast I was on this morning. Um, and, uh, like, I find this – I'm training for the Melbourne Marathon this yeah. year. Um, trying to get that third spot on the Olympic team. It's off for the Olympics. Damn, I was making sure you paid attention. You, you passed that test. Uh, the 2024. Yeah. Um, uh, and what was I saying? What was I telling you? Strava. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Um, man, I'll go out for a Sunday long run. And I think I'm a hero on a Sunday if I'm like averaging 430s, 435s yeah. or whatever. Then I go out on a Monday, just where my legs are still a bit beat up from the day before, like struggling to break five tens. And it's so easy, like whichever side of the spectrum, whether you're like, oh man, look how fast you're yeah. running. Oh, no, look how slow. It yeah. does play on your mind a little bit. Like I, uh, I encourage a, a lot of the people on the like the relaxed running members to um, 
yeah, keep it at home from time to time. Yeah. That's something that you're conscious, you're yeah. consciously doing. Yeah. So I pretty much like Monday was a Friday. I run an hour and I do the, you know, the exact same loop. So I'll just don't wear a watch. Like I know it's going to be either somewhere between 58 or 62 minutes. Like it yeah. doesn't bother me at all. And it's like, uh, what a, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, everyone's different. Like Jack, Jack Rander loves it, but yeah, for I've me, I've seen he's got a good little uh, yeah profile. On yeah, yeah. But and and like my my evening run, I, I've got either if I'm tired, I've got a pole that I run out to, and it'll be like maybe like 33 minutes. If I'm feeling okay, I will run another two minutes, and it's like 35, 36 minutes. So yeah, um, that's just I just like that a relaxed way of doing it. Um, and that yeah, because I no, I just look at my watch. I'm like yeah, like oh, I'm averaging. 404s i'll just go a little bit and make sure it's four flat or something yeah, like yeah. that it's just like what's the point even yesterday i wore my watch for my around 34k and i wore my watch i knew we were running fast and uh i'm just like yeah i might as well just keep running fast because it'd be like a nice 345 average yeah and it'll look good on strava and i was like <laughs> what's the point like <laughs> it means nothing in the end like no you just yeah just because on strava doesn't mean it's, you've got extra work out of it but that's a, that's such a good point yeah it's such a good point so who are Mate, who are you running three forty fives with him? Yeah, so obviously the MTC. No, it's just or? I just ran from my house. Um, yeah, I don't. Know, we don't always meet up for long runs because just everyone likes to do their own little different kind of long runs. Um, and and obviously because I'm doing the marathon stuff, like I kind of Shuey doesn't want to run as far or as fast as I'm doing. So I just but I remember Ryan Geed yesterday. Um, he lives just around the corner from me, but he, he's the one that pushes the pace. It's not me, but I'm just like. I'm like, oh, I've got a race coming up. So I'm like, I oh, can do with a bit of extra fitness. I'll, yeah. I'll just go with it. But he actually got to about, I don't know, 26 or so, so okay. And he, he started to get pretty tired. So, And then he the first exit back to his house he took. So I reckon I took the win yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so who? Uh, well, he's training for a couple of marathons himself, isn't he? Yeah, so I think he's uh, planning to do one later in the year. So he's just kind of building a, bit, a good base. And then I think uh, in September he's doing a marathon and what's your plans from here so obviously the olympics at the end of the or later in the year yeah yeah um, but before then you're gonna have a few races of, of shorter distances than the marathon yeah so i was supposed to be doing um world half marathon which is on the was on the 29th of march but it got cancelled because this uh coronavirus so or sorry postponed till okay. october um so that's kind of thrown that out and like, i was going to europe for that now i'm down to run prague half marathon which is the same weekend, so 28th of March. But um, I'm just still waiting to see what happens with that. Like, a lot of things are getting cancelled right now. So hopefully that doesn't get cancelled because it, it's, like, a really fast one. So I'd like to run another good good half marathon. And I know I'm pretty fit right now. Um, and then I'm pacing London Marathon. Oh, are you? Yeah. So, uh, oh, dude, mate, I've heard that's going to be a hot one this year. Yeah, well, I don't think it? I'll be going that pace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. you got Bikili and uh, Kipchoge going for something fast i think but uh yeah i'm gonna probably pace the olympic qualifying um pace so yeah. like, like 211 or so pace um and that'll be good like training on for me and uh, without absolutely smashing my body like i kind of wanted to run a marathon but nick just thought it'd be better if i could train for one or, or like do a, some of the training for one run to 30k and then not have to take a month of recovering like now i'll just like be fine to train a week or two later um and and i can also practice marathon running so okay so in a situation like that would would you approach that that particular even though you're pacing would you approach it as though you're sort of racing in terms of the prep with your food and everything yeah like that? uh yeah definitely i will because 
like I think if you put anybody under stress for 30k, you still need to think about those things. Um, and there's, I have a job to do, so I don't want to be getting problems because I haven't been doing what I'm supposed to be doing for the race. But yeah, I, like I'm going to treat. Um, so the main focus is now this half marathon, but and then I've got after that four weeks. So those four weeks will be like doing marathon things, getting ready for the pace job. Um, but yeah, and then I'll, yeah, I'll, I reckon I'll taper for it and I'll um, eat. Like like I would for a marathon race. Yeah, is that is your diet something you're pretty focused on? Precautious. It's so interesting, man. I was talking to Jordan Guzman, and he was telling me that um, it's something he's quite. I just assumed every distance runner was skinny as a result of even though I've been in the sport for so long. <clears throat> I just assumed okay, I was pretty skinny because I was a runner, mm. but I didn't know there was extra effort being put into it. And I used to live with Joel Birmingham, and oh, yeah. uh, so Collis's yeah. brother. And I remember years ago, Joel goes to me, he's like, "Mate, you you eat too much for a runner." And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, your, your legs are a bit too fat. And I was like, oh, bro, like, I'm, really? And uh, he's like, yeah, well, why don't you just try backing it off a bit? And I was like, holy crap, like, I can't believe he's so <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh And then Jordy Guzman was saying, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm quite cautious of, of the food and stuff that I eat. But um, like, I know there seems to be like a bit of a, not for all, all female runners, but there seems to be a big comparison between like that you can almost take it too far. Like yeah. the the, the obsessive nature of yeah. eating. I don't think it's just females either. I think it's males as well. Well, interesting. Yeah, yeah. wow. Um, I think definitely in my last well, career, I've had definitely times where I haven't been eating enough. Um, and just because like, I thought I was eating, say, clean or stuff like that, but um, I reckon I just wasn't fueling my body enough. I would say that's where most of my injuries have come from, from um, being under underweight or just not recovering as well um definitely in the last few years i've eat a lot more yeah. um being around stewie and uh matt ramson is kind of they are machines in terms they, of how much they, get they can just put down food it is crazy like it's funny like stewie we go like in london we live next to a, a pub and like sometimes we go in there and they like have these like lasagnas um, that they make and he'll like go in order two of them and then like get a garlic <laughs> bread and like a salad on the side and it's just like and he was just like he'll do it no worries so then go back and have like a bowl of cereal but like it's yeah we are running a lot and i think we need fuel i think yeah i do think a lot of people try to eat clean and stuff like that but end up missing out on calories that they actually need um yeah it was funny i went to the vis dietitian um couple of weeks ago just because i want to like get a bit better better plan for my marathon stuff and yeah i had to do a food diary and like it was just kind of i didn't realize i do it a lot and then when i looked at it i'm like she we looking at this and think i'm taking the piss like i'm eating bowls of like cocoa pops and like <laughs> it's like i yeah i i say eat healthy but like i definitely snack and and enjoy my stuff as well and i wouldn't be as lean as i used to be but i think i'm running better so but yeah interesting man i was laughing um uh, I looked at, I don't know who, what's, does Liam have a girlfriend? Liam Adams? Yeah. Yep. What's her name? Charlotte. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I was, um, I was, I, I follow her on the Relax Running page and uh, like I was scrolling through, I was scrolling through a, a feed yesterday and I saw, oh no, it was like the top photo and it was uh, a photo of him finishing. Oh yeah. yeah and it was like, uh, he can run and can yeah. eat macros. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was like sundays <laughs> and cokes and yeah. burgers and wrappers. I think Liam maybe goes a bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard he does, like, you know, he'll finish a long run and just eat like a big pie and some cokes. But it's like, yeah, I, I have no problem with, yeah, enjoying yourself. And, and if you need food, you need food. Like, yeah. Um, I, yeah, like I do, if I'm sometimes hungry, I'll be driving past KFC. I definitely 
at least once a week we'll drive <laughs> and get a drive through KFC so because I, I just feel like sometimes I need it. I, um, yeah, I have these big days like on a Thursday I'll go run like a 12K threshold and then I'll have to go for a massage and then I'll go gym and I'm just like, I guess like, and then I've got to run in the afternoon again. I'm just like, I'm starving. Like I just, it's going to be a half an hour until I get home. I'm like, I'm just going to eat some KFC. So, yeah. and I, I just, I don't think it's the worst thing. Like, it's not, it's not well, mate, the best. But, uh, record <laughs> it's so funny, yeah. the amount of junior athletes that are going to go out this week on Thursday and order KFC and expect to run 60 minutes. Yeah, I tell, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going to get it on the way home. I know I had KFC on the Thursday before I ran um, sub 60 on the Sunday. So, Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, man, I love this. That's so funny. It's like I'm such a I'm such a nerd, like in the running scene, that I still get excited hearing these stories. Yeah. And it's like uh, it's the Usain Bolt stories as well. Yeah, about he's uh, obviously he's not running as far as you, but um, just the nuggets before he's before his hundred meter race in Beijing yeah, and exactly. things like that. I think I always do make sure like my dinners are always good. Like I always have like a, like a good amount of carbs, like um, like a good protein and and some vegetables. Um. And I think that's what I learned from Coles as well. I'd say he eats similar to me. Though. Like, yeah, our meals were always very good. It's just that stuff in between that wasn't always isn't always say perfect. But yeah. it's you you need the fuel as well. It's better than I'd say it's better than not having something because yeah. you're trying to cut weight or, or stay lean. Yeah. yeah. Man. So what's a, like a, a like an average meal here at the uh, at the Robbo House? Uh, so you cook them for yourself, obviously. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hey, the ladies are going to go wild when you're single. <laughs> yeah, I'm a great cook. <laughs> Uh, like I, I eat a lot of rice, um, or like say risotto. I, I, I make risotto yeah. a fair bit, so like a, a chicken mushroom risotto, um, and then probably like a salad with rocket and uh, cucumber or yeah. something like that. Just uh, like basic, but um, I feel like it's got the things I need. Yeah, yeah, awesome, man. And uh, like as I walked in, I couldn't help but notice your your Xbox controller yeah. on the couch over there. So I was I was gonna ask you about the little things that you do to switch off from from running, which is. It's weird, man. Like, I'm interested to hear your perspective because it is an all-encompassing sport, but at the end of the day, it's something you might spend, like, a max of four yep. hours. Like, by the time you've done your long run, by the time you've done your gym or you're stretching, it's like you've got 20 other hours to deal mm-hmm. with, eight of which you'll sleep. So, like, what do you what do you do with yourself when you're, when you're not running? May I just say to the listeners, a cool little part of town that you're in. Yeah. Where are we right now? Newport. So, this is Newport. Yeah. I was driving out here and I was like, bro, I, I told you I rocked up at some yeah. random, like, it's just an industrial estate. I was yeah. like, man, where is Robbo? <laughs> and uh, and then I drove out here and I thought, oh, it's going to be quiet. And, mate, there's hipsters drinking yeah, coffee yeah, on yeah. the corner. At, what's it? Pingo? Pango. Yeah. Pango. <laughs> yeah. That's one of, yeah, my favorite cafe. So. That's cool. Uh, I thought, oh, I know. It's a strategic purchase. <laughs> yeah. No, it, yeah, it's a good location here. Like, um, we're actually pretty close to the water and we got, uh, like, yeah, Williamstown, I should say. That's what, if people ask where I live, I usually say, do you know Newport? They're like, nah, I'm like, do you know Williamstown? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's just there. But it's, um, yeah, what I do during the day, uh, just before you got here, I was watching this uh, Netflix. I've been watching this Formula One um, oh, show that's on. So. What is, is that a series? or is Yeah, it's a-, a series. So I, I don't know. Everyone just started watching it apparently. But I, um, it's been out for a while. But I, just, I think the second season just came out before because yeah. of Oz, um, Grand Prix coming up. But it's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's, so I've just been watching that trying to punch that out as quick as possible before it starts but uh and then yeah i don't know i just i like hang out like jack randa comes around we just hang out we like go to the cafe but most of it is like yeah we obviously like train hard in the morning and train hard at night but in between it's trying to recover and not not do too much um like i'll usually have a nap during the day as well and yeah do you get pretty, bored or do you, uh, do you really enjoy the lifestyle i enjoy it i yeah. think i'm good at like moving slow and kind of like 
wasting time. Like if you if you plan out your day and just do everything at the start and you sit here doing nothing, then then you're gonna be bored. But um, I kind of like stagger things out. So I've, yeah. I don't know. I just don't get bored for some reason. Yeah, I just entertain myself, maybe. But yeah. that's cool. I'm gonna have to check out this show you're telling me about. Yeah. Have you seen um? Have you seen that Aaron Hernandez one? Uh, yeah, is, the, it tri- is it the NFL? Player. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. I seen it come up, but I haven't Dude, watched it. Dude, you should watch yeah, it. Okay. It's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. And uh, what about Don't Fuck with Cats? Have you seen yeah, that? I watched that. How that's dark is up, that, yeah. bro? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a messed up one. Yeah, and we we're talking about that. I ran out at Fernie Fernie yesterday with a mate, and uh, oh, mate, that like. That's the opposite of what you want to be thinking about when you're trying to get into that happy place. Um, yeah. Man, so uh, I want to get back to these pants. Just, we've yeah. got about 10 more minutes and then I'll um, – how's your head going? I warned no, you before as long as you that, need it, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say to you because uh, I've, I've learned the last couple of weeks that – It's actually gone quick. I can't believe we're already 43 minutes in. Yeah. I'm glad. It's like a good first date. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I was, it's so funny, man. The, the podcasts are a, are a funny thing as well because – like you always like I, I sort of know you. I say good day when I see you at a race or whatever. But it's one of those things when you sit down for forty five minutes, you're like, man, this bloke doesn't think I'm a dick. <laughs> and if he does, he's gonna have to try and tough it out for an hour. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So it's always it's such a nice, good. it's yeah. such a nice thing when you see forty five minutes and you're like, oh, we're flowing. We're <laughs> um, so we're in a sweet little spot. Um, I was gonna ask you a little bit more about your recovery, and I forgot earlier. Yeah. So these these pants, what, what did you say they're called again? So the the most like known brand is Normatech. Norm, okay. Um, so yeah, pretty much it, you put them on, um, just like normal pants, and then yeah, you pre- press the setting and they blow up with with air, and they will just go like really tight, like it, even points where it kind of like hurts. Um, and it's just, I guess, it's like making a kind of flush, flushing the blood or like toxins out of your legs, and go yeah, it goes through like different kind of sequences and stuff like that. Yeah, do you do ice baths and things like that? Yeah, a little bit. Not I, I hate doing it. I hate yeah, doing, doing it. Falls Creek. So I kind of started. Uh, I started spreading this rumor that I read these things that it doesn't work, and then uh, <laughs> I reckon people stop doing it and they, they go on with it. So they're, like, they're trying to like see where that research is from, but it's just from me. <laughs> um, so you're just chucking stuff out there on social yeah. media. It's so good. Now every coach in Australia is going to be like, no, we're getting back into that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You'll be getting a call from Nick this afternoon going, mate, I didn't realise. <laughs> no, I did, I did read something that, uh, well, uh, yeah, I do believe if your body can recover itself it's going to get more training benefit than if you help it um like like say with ice bath or like protein and stuff like that but but obviously your body needs some of those things so like i do take protein shakes and stuff like that yeah Yeah. do you use supplements and things like that as well no so like i've got like that masashi um protein up there um and then in my marathon like obviously the morning drink that I have and yeah, gels. Yeah, I've got to ask you about this a little bit more. Yeah. But apart from that, like iron tablets, one of my attitude, but I, yeah, I, I'm one of the minimal ones. Like a lot of other people take a lot of more vitamins and stuff than I do. Yeah. It seems to be a thing. Like I feel like the more athletes that I speak to who say they've got like a really simple approach, I, I swear there's some. I don't know if there's studies done, but I swear there's something about just that that simplicity approach yeah. for distance running because it can be. Like it is, it is an all-encompassing sport, and it can. It's got a like a reputation for like attracting those who are a little bit obsessive compulsive. Yeah. Um, that maybe it just goes hand in hand that there's like a million things to worry about. But it it does seem interesting to me that both yourself and Stewie and like a number of the athletes that I've spoken to seem just to be able to just create a little bit of space. And yeah, just, to I just think keep it simple. Yeah, I I say I'm different to a lot. I think Stewie's different to a lot as well. Where it's we're uh, a lot more relaxed and just. 
I don't know, wanting to be happy and, and running like happy and not stressing and, and not worrying about things that are out of our control. Um, yeah, I think that's why we're both running well at the moment. Yeah, is that something that you've worked on? Like, have you done certain things? Oh, I think just... it's a bit just my nature as well that I'm just kind of a bit laid back and just um, don't have like huge emotions and stuff like that. So yeah. it, it kind of helps like that. But yeah, it, everyone's different, I guess, as well, how they approach it. Because like, I know other people, uh, they, they don't even understand how, like, that I could eat KFC and uh, and not stress about it. Like, yeah. where other people feel guilty. Where, um, yeah, so, uh, uh, like, everyone's got their own way. Other people, some people think my way is wrong. Um, I think other it's people funny, are wrong. My wife's like that. Like, she's so, uh, in terms of just having stable emotions, like, I can say what I want. And uh, so she's pregnant at the moment, and I've been giving her such a hard time, and so many listeners will hate this, but it's okay because we're joking. Um <laughs> But Jess, you are like she's she's like fifteen or sixteen weeks pregnant now, so she's got a good little tummy. Mm. And I've been going to her, I was like, babe, it's so weird being married to a fat chick. <laughs> and uh, it's like it's been playing with fire. She's like, I'm pregnant, you dickhead. Like, what are you yeah, gonna yeah. do about it? It's like, yeah. I get more emotional at the fact that I'm saying it. Um, but dude, it's the it's the same. She's the most relaxed person you'll ever find. Yeah. And uh, there's there's some. I think it can be can be trained. Like I think it's something that people who might not feel as though they're they're naturally that way, which I'd probably put myself in that category. I'd probably overthink things too much. But dude, like since I was twenty, the amount that stresses me, I'd, I'd probably say I'm a lot closer to where you are than what I was back yeah, then. Yeah. Um so like and this meditation talk is so yeah, hot yeah, in, yeah. in yeah. sort of Australia or all around the Western world at the moment that I think people are starting to see the benefits of just controlling that kind of yeah. emotion. But um Man, before uh, before we do wrap it up, you, you mentioned that high altitude training before. Is that a like is that a pretty significant part of the training that you do? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I've done a, a lot of it. Um, I don't think it's a be on end all though. Yeah. I like yeah. When you look at Stewie and I, the last few months, like, <clears throat> he broke the ten k Australian record, and then I broke the half marathon record and then he ran that he ran a crazy race um at melbourne track classic over 5k and that's all from training melbourne um we hadn't been at altitude for six months so i I do it is good where you you get away um and you just do focus on training and like you're away from distractions a little bit um but then again i think like we're professional sports athletes so we're supposed to be focused on training wherever we are so like I still get all the training done when I'm in Melbourne, so not that much changes when I do go to altitude. Um, yeah, I, I, I am like, yeah, I think I don't have to go, but it is good to get there as well. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, that, that community sort of vibe, like it's so crazy to see. I think yeah. you guys sort of lit the fire a little bit as well in terms of, uh, that's probably a terrible analogy to use right now based on the fact that it's just <laughs> bloody ripped Falling through there. there. <laughs> um, you've sort of sparked the interest, I should say, in uh, in the in the Fools Creek Training camps, like I remember, I went there in 2005 with, do you know Ryan Jackson? Yep. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I went up there with, uh, I just, I met him there actually, yeah. and I reckon there was eight of us yeah. up there, and uh, like I see some of the posts. Oh, uh, now there's the like last... 300 or it may be more on some runs, it, it, it's like, it's crazy, it's like, I think we had to do some sessions where we actually trained um, half an hour earlier, just because there was too many people on the on the track, so we had to kind of split it up a little bit. Um but yeah, it is great. I reckon seeing all those people getting up there and and, and chasing uh, fitness and, and improving themselves. Um, yeah, yeah. How do you find the um, just the attention that you get down at the track now? Like when you were, uh, I don't know if you were like maybe when I was a kid, if I saw like a Motram or something, I'd be yeah. like, oh my gosh, it's it's great. Or even Steve Monteghetti or yeah. uh, the people who were in the older generations. 
but I've been I've been around you and seen you at the track a few times with like a couple of kids just sort of hovering around being, and you can tell me like, oh, I just want to go on <laughs> how do you start that conversation? Is that, like is that is that something that you've had to adjust to or um like, it seems like yeah. a pretty approachable Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm very approachable and, and yeah, so I'm happy for anyone to come up and uh, I'll speak to them or whatever. But so, yeah, I think that's a good thing about Falls Creek is that um, you have access to elite athletes and um, and you can do an easy run and like I could be running with ki- like kids I don't know and speak to them there. And um, I think every kid should, if they want to ask questions, go up and ask because um, there's tools there to be used. So you use them. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. That's what I'm sort of thinking. Like a so I mentioned to you this, like I put together like a little membership for the relaxed runners. Um, and part of that is, man, there's so much, there's so much wisdom out there in mm. terms of like, like what you have to share and Stu and Jen and Ryan and, um, that when I was a kid or even like, man, when I was an adult, like I would have loved to have been able to approach someone like yourself and go, mate, like what, what would you recommend I do in this situation? Yeah. So I'm just trying to create like a bit of a library where it's like, all right, you log on and you've got people like yourself just being super clear about it your experiences and not saying it's black and white like this is a hundred percent the only answer but just at least to, it's interesting to be able to hear the thought processes of like olympians yeah. and aussie record holders and things like that yeah but who were the who were the sort of go-to blokes for you growing up yeah so i reckon i've been pretty lucky where i had um like i was living with with collis and gregor oh, yeah. who were like became some of my best mates and i was also looking up to them as well and then and, and they were like excelling at the time so um yeah i, I was like where i had those uh, those people to speak to <laughs> living in the same like eating dinner with them so they, that, that was like a very good thing for me but um and then even before i lived with gregor like he was still like a very good mate of mine um but it was weird because he was like one year older than me so yeah. and but he's australian record holder as well so it's like so i always yeah had that person to speak to but yeah before that i would say marty dent um helped yeah. me a lot he he kind of yeah even when i was 15 he would like kind of speak to me at the track and um i would like do some runs with him and stuff like that so yeah he the biggest calves in distance running yeah, yeah big he was like deep like big legs on him so i roomed with him one day in um in tassie i think and uh my that was the first time i saw his calves like he yeah, just yeah. Walked to the front door i was like oh, mate this bloke could kick the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> man he's good and, and he was just like i don't know I, yeah, I can learn a lot from him. Like he was just a tough guy who just would s- smash runs and, yeah. and, and smash races. Like uh, I think if you were racing him, you knew it was going to be a, a tough race as well. Yeah, yeah, cool man. That's what do you see doing these days? Uh, I know he does like a lot of orienteering and stuff oh, like yeah. that now. But yeah, like obviously he's, he's living in Canberra and working as a public servant. I'm pretty sure still. So I actually haven't seen him in a few years. Yeah. Okay. Okay, man. Well, we'll. We'll keep recording. We're going to do a, um, a little marathon special, I reckon, yeah. if you're happy to go yeah, ahead yeah, with that. Sure. Um, so uh, if, if you guys want to get your hands on uh, some marathon advice, we're going to do a bonus podcast, uh, relaxrunning.com. Just click on membership. It's five, it's five bucks a month at the moment, so we're just doing like a little bit added feature. So, all right. Thanks, brother. We'll, uh, we'll leave this one here and, uh, and jump over to the next one.